Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let the screen breathe here just for a second. Weave in the entire MHH family. We got to bring in the Facebook peeps, get them on the same page with us here. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. And Zach, today is our traditional aftermath episode as the Broncos are coming off that bitter 22-16 loss to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. We had a really unfortunate piece of news with regard to the injury bug once again, and I'm going to serve this over to you, but I tweeted today. I'm like, I'm trying to think, was there a game this year in which the Broncos emerged from the game without an injury that either landed them on injured reserve or season-ending injury? I'm really like racking my brain, but drop some knowledge on, on Broncos country on the unfortunate injury news today. Yeah, for anyone who saw us saying Bassey limp off the field, it had the looks of a severe injury, and uh, Vic Fangio confirmed today that he is indeed out for the rest of the season, the remaining games. Uh, it is a torn ACL, even though Fangio said more test results are pending, but uh, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported he tore his ACL. The good news is he should be ready in time for Week 1 uh, next year. The bad news is obviously the Broncos' secondary takes another hit now. They're going to be without Bryce Callahan. They cut Devontae Harris. They won't play Devontae Bosby, so they have Boye, Ojemudia, and Duke Dawson as your primary cornerbacks. It's unfortunate for Bassey, Chad. For an undrafted rookie, he played a solid season this year. He was asked to do a lot in a Vic Fangio defense, and he held up relatively well. It sucks for him, but at least he earned a spot on next year's roster, and he could be a fixture in the secondary for a while. The only silver lining here, and excellent article, by the way, uh, reporting on all this stuff today, Zach, but the uh, the only silver lining is reinforcements are on the way in the form of Will Parks. Right. But, you know, playing nickel corner is not his forte. I know that Parks did that a lot for Fangio last year, but it's not his, you know, it's not the, the best hat he's suited for. You know, he's his, his best position on the field is either as a strong safety straight up or as a dimebacker. And you don't want to confuse the two. You don't want to confuse a dimebacker and a nickel corner or a nickel slot corner. Uh, two different responsibilities, two different, um, you know, many different boxes that you have to check. 
So at least there's that, though, Zach, that they're getting Will Parks back. But at the end of the day, I'm just not sure how much that's really going to help them in yeah. terms of covering those fast slot corner or uh, receivers. Like, you know, this week I'm trying to think who the slot corner is in uh, Carolina. But, you know, you got Buffalo coming up with Cole Beasley. That's not a guy Will Parks can hang with. Chad, Carolina is loaded. They have Curtis Samuel. They have DJ Moore. I mean, that is a very fast offense on top of having Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater, who can scramble as well. Um, The secondary, I'm right there with you. Will Parks playing this week will be nice, but he's best suited to play safety or, like you mentioned, a linebacker down in the box. He is not the replacement for the slot cornerback. Bassey was a replacement for the slot guy, who was Bryce Callahan. I'd rather Will Parks play safety and take some snaps away from Kareem Jackson in coverage than try to play cornerback. That's a disaster waiting to happen, in my opinion. But, you know, it's actually quite the, the success story, if you're, you're saying Bassey, because not only, you know, he goes undrafted out of Wake Forest. The Broncos loved him, though. He was almost a seventh-round pick, for, or, or he could, he was on the table as an option for the Broncos late in that draft. Fangio identified him, loved him, brought him in. And, uh, you know, honestly, I saw him as maybe being a practice squad guy. But not only did he make the roster over Devontae Bosby, uh, because remember, the Boz got cut at the end of training camp because Bassey, in the final couple of days of training camp, Banjo gave him a look with the ones at nickel, and that totally reshuffled kind of the cornerback uh, totem, if you will, totem pole. But nevertheless, he ends up, as you reported here, Zach, 21 solo tackles for his undrafted rookie campaign, a couple of uh, pass breakups, one interception, and he ended up playing 46.47% of the snaps. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was surprised how heavy when I looked that up, how heavy he was used in that secondary. But that's really encouraging because he is an undrafted rookie. And to play cornerback or to play defensive back or really any position in the Vic Fangio defense, it's not for the faint of heart. You can't be stupid and play in a Vic Fangio D. So as saying Bassey, he showed enough this year. Again, it's unfortunate that his season's cut short, but he showed enough in his limited time on the field where he could be a guy that can count on going forward. Maybe not a starter but you can never have enough depth in that back end. And I think he's the fixture in that department. Uh, we've got a tweet coming up here, John. Go ahead, if you can, share it on the screen from saying Bassey. I can throw it up, too. By the way, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. I've heard the coaches call him Isang Bassey, but then I've heard it pronounced by others as Isang Bassey. But here's Isang saying, thank you all for the well wishes. Lord, I trust you. Prayer hands. Hashtag FCHW. What does that mean, Zach? Interpret. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I have either. no idea. No, click anyway, on it. See if uh, see where it takes you. Best wishes to Bassey and a speedy recovery. But gang, we got a lot more to get to tonight in terms of uh, going through the aftermath of this pod. That's all right, John. Just eighty six on out of there. Um, a lot to get to. Uh, we see a bunch of questions. It's good to see each and every one of you, Charlie. You got Zach in the house, Travis, Stu, me, Spicy Mike, Muhammad, our, the MHH male model in the house. We got Steve Baumgartner, who did a great job helping us as a moderator in the yes. gut reaction stream last night. Good job. Uh, we'll get to all that stuff. But first, gang, as is our uh, tradition here, we got to take care of a few quick matters of business, starting with the sponsor of tonight's live stream. Yeah, as always, guys, tonight's live stream podcast is brought to you exclusively by sportsbetting.com. Broncos country gambling, as you well know, is now legal in the state of Colorado. And here's what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for sports fans just like you. 
Sharp odds and low juice. In-house bookmakers, they're not a third-party service. Reduced juice and the best prices you will find out there among any competitor. Hassle-free bonuses with a one-time rollover. That means the bonus money is yours after you bet it just one time, whereas other sites make you bet it five to 30 times. Big difference there. Also, 24-7 live customer support. You are always getting a real live human being, never an agent, never a robot, always someone in the good old US of A. But here's the kicker. At sportsbetting.com, you get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to $1,000. Not just one bet, but all of your bets. Play for a week, and if your loss exceeds your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the difference up to $1,000 with a one-time rollover. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle and capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to $1,000. All right, guys, a couple other quick things, and then we'll dive right back into the content we have planned for you tonight. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod while you're at it, the main account at milehighhuddle. And my partner, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And we also want to gently uh, draw your attention to the merch store. Tis the holiday season, and you can head on over to huddleuppod.com right now, get your swag on, or maybe get a, a swag on for some MHH or in your family. It's another way to support what we're doing here. Get a trucker hat, get a football priest hat, face masks, hoodies, mugs. We're, you know, we need to probably hire someone to make the merch store their full-time focus. But, you know, we, we created the merch store. Uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary based on your popular demand. And so we we are so grateful for how you have, as our community and audience, patronized that store and supported us with that. It just it all adds up and it all goes a long way. So check it out. Also, shout out to our Facebook supporters. If you want to become a, an official supporter, you go to the page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button to become a supporter. It's another way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And also, if you're watching right now on Facebook, You'll see us go through and and uh, you know give special priority and focus and shout outs to our super chat superstars on YouTube. If you don't like being on YouTube and you're a Facebook guy or gal, that's all good. You can be send stars, I should say, while while you're live watching us. You just right down there where you'd send the the chat comment, the little comment box where you type in what you want to say. You'll see the little option there. It's it's just another way to support what we're doing here. But if you're not in a position to do any of those things, it's all good. We are just stoked to have you here with us. We do ask, though, each and every person within the sound of our voice do these three things. Number one, subscribe. Number two, like this video. It's especially crucial on YouTube and Facebook. And then the last thing, number three, is share it out there. If you think Zach and I are doing a good job, the litmus test for us is whether or not you share these videos, these podcasts out on your social media and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. That was rough, gang. But listen up. Coors Heart Seltzer is not your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Never before has it been so easy, so simple, and yet so enjoyable to make a difference in the world. Coors Heart Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Heart Seltzer, you're volunteering. Our waterways, gang, are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up, but through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Heart Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Coors Heart Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and communities that depend on them. The results? 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the United States, including the Colorado River, and that's just year one. You get four refreshing flavors, one cool cause, enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in, gang. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories, Zach, another pro. Yeah, Chad, you mentioned it before, the second week in a row, another tough loss by the Broncos, but another opportunity for me for the second week in a row to enjoy a nice Coors Hard Seltzer. Last week it was mango, this week it was black cherry. I love them all though, Chad. It really makes a losing effort in the NFL that much more palatable. So join the world's easiest volunteer program, gang, by simply drinking Coors Hard Seltzer. Broncos country, you can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers all on your own. It's that simple. Visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Zach. Um, curious topic last night because you know when we do the gut reactions we literally come live i don't know five minutes from the final gun on average we're going live yeah i mean that's that's how we like to do we want it raw we want it now we want to get it off our chest and we want that for you guys too we want your emotions to come out in the conversation and your topics and all that so we oftentimes though miss the actual pressers that are occurring post game and then we once we hop off and we're done broadcasting we'll go either watch the, the Zooms or we will, you know, get the quotes sent to us by the PR department. And one, in, there's quite a few actual comments that came from the Broncos and Travis Kelsey, which I want to get to that article you had today. Um, first and foremost, Zach, from Vic Fangio. Now, we kind of lambasted him for his decision to punt on that faithful or a fateful fourth and three at midfield with six minutes left in the game. And I want to read this quote today. And then 
Well, let me let me read this first. This was Fangio on Sunday. All right. Similar principle in that it was still raw, right? The nerve is still exposed. Quote, on punting on or going for it on fourth and three instead of punting. Quote, I gave it a strong consideration, but at some point in the game, we've got to get a stop and we weren't able to there. We held them to a field goal, but that made it a touchdown game and burned out some of the time there. Not some, almost all of the time, coach. Back to coach. Quote, so in retrospect, probably we should have gone for it, but I did give it serious thought, close quote. And then Zach, today, he kind of backpedaled on that a little bit, but he did provide some further rationale for why, you know, kind of justify his decision on if he would change his decision to punt on fourth and three. This is on Monday. No, quote, no, with six and a half minutes to go roughly, no matter what we had done, if we had continued that drive and successfully converted the fourth down, we were going to have to come with, come up with a stop on defense. Our strong suit hasn't been third and twos, uh, third and threes, third and fourth, uh, fourth and twos, fourth and threes. In fact, I think we haven't converted any of the fourth and twos and threes we've tried all that all year. So combining that fact with the fact that we were going to have to get a stop no matter what, I chose for that to be the time for us to go get a stop. We punted it down there. I believe they – they got at about the 10 and we needed to come up with a stop at some point in the game, regardless of what we chose to do on the fourth down. So that was the time that I chose to get the stop. Unfortunately, we held them to a field goal, but it turned, it burned too much time at that point. Closed quote, Zach, your reaction to Fangio on one hand, expressing regret that he made the wrong decision and then kind of backtracking on that today. I don't pick up too much regret from Fangio. It seems like he's trying to talk himself into what he said last night about the decision and talk himself into justifying that decision. And, you know, I, I sighed when you mentioned that remark about the previous fourth and twos and fourth and threes, those don't matter. None of this matters in the previous weeks. You're playing that last night's game in that moment. Previous fourth downs have nothing to do with that situation. You have nothing to lose. As you laid out, Chad, on the pod last night, the Broncos were literally nothing to lose, everything to gain in that one scenario. To pump the ball away shows a lack of confidence in your players and also a lack of fight to do whatever it takes to win. And what's the old Gretzky expression? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I'd rather try for the fourth and three, try to put the stake in the game, try to pull off the upset, than try to punt it away and rely on analytics and my past experiences. This is where Fangio is not comfortable being a head coach. And you can excuse this last year. He was a rookie coach, but I don't want to hear about pandemic. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to hear about anything. The comfort level and the intuitive nature of the job has to come to him eventually, Chad. You can't keep waiting around for it. He has to know in that situation, no matter what someone's telling him from above, no matter what the computer model says, you have to go with what you think is best for your team and your players, what they would respond to best. Punting the ball away did not resonate positively with the fan base or the locker room. And I feel like if he would have went for it, even if he didn't get it, he would have gotten more respect regardless. And it also came on the heels. Let us not forget, and Zach Lee Butler, we will get to the we, – we can talk about how injuries have affected this season and what it might have looked like without injuries here in a minute. But, Zach, the uh, the fourth and three questionable decision there. I get what he meant in terms of you needed to get another stop at some point in this game. Uh, odds are – because you were already at the 50 basically, right? And so what he's saying is even their best laid plans, like if everything went perfectly and it was run – four yards, run four yards, run four yards, and then touchdown or whatever, they were still going to have to kick it back to Mahomes. So at some point they were going to have to get a stop. I get that. But Go ahead, Zach. No, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just, you have to kick it back to him anyway. If you score or you're punting, they get the ball back either way. So why not go for the go for the whole thing? Go for the gusto. That's what I don't understand. I'm sorry. Take your opportunity 
take the take your chance now while while you have the opportunity to seize the moment, right? Right. Uh, instead of losing what modest amount of control of your own destiny you had in that moment. But what makes it all the more questionable and unfortunate for Coach Fangio is it came on the heels of a another kind of small blunder that I think a lot of people missed in that, you know, I, I, I castigated somewhat Brandon McMahon as a, I shouldn't say castigated. I put him on the losers list of our winners and losers only because he missed a 57 yard field goal and how it affected the game. Not just that it was a miss, but the fact that the chiefs quickly used that short field and momentum to go get points, um, et cetera, et cetera. But Zach on that missed field goal, Fangio wasn't sure. And so he called a timeout. He actually iced his own kicker. All right, now this is something that I want to credit um, the guys over at the fan on the drive, DMAC and uh, Tyler Palumbus. Tyler Palumbus somehow, I don't know where he got the analytics, but he basically he revealed his, his study on this issue that when a kicker from 50 is trots out onto the field, get, gets a timeout called, et cetera, it reduces the odds of that being a good field goal by 10%. So whether the timeout comes from the opponent or your own side, the fact that you go out there, go through the motion, go through your little wind up and whatnot, and then have to stop and then recalibrate, it affects kickers by way of a 10% margin, ended up missing that kick. So Fangio, we talk about the little things, right? The margins of for error and you know the Broncos, if they were going to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, it would need to be nearly a perfect game. There's no such thing probably as a perfect game, but they had to walk that razor's edge, the margin of error, razor thin, and unfortunately in a couple of key moments, the coaches, by way of Vic Fangio, kind of let them down. And you know what? Preceding Fangio was the Broncos' offense stalling. They shouldn't have ever attempted a 57-yard field goal in that situation because they could have kept picking up the first down and marching toward the end zone. Uh, I forget the plays that were called before that, Chad, but I'm sure Pat Schirmer wasn't dialing up the best for the Broncos' offense. So again, on his face, Fangio is a great defensive mind, an elite defensive mind. At some weeks, he's a pretty decent head coach, but the situational coaching or lack thereof. I, I feel like I've said this term a billion times in the last eight or nine weeks, but with Pat Shermer, with Tom McMahon, with Vic Fangio, the in-the-moment coaching, when things strike and different situations unfold, and you have to make a, a split-second decision based on gut feeling and intuition, not based on analytics, that's where the Broncos have problems. So it's either inexperience or incompetence, but it's hurting Denver a lot on the field. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is It's, it's just one of those... You know, it's a catch-22. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't when, when it comes to trying to analyze Vic Fangio's body of work as the head coach because – and just using yesterday's game as a, as a microcosm, he calls a brilliant defense, forcing the Chiefs to dink and dunk up the field, up in, you know, a lot of yards and whatnot, but in the red zone they hold them out, uh, only allow one touchdown. And, you know, it's a, it was a brilliant game plan. By Vic Fangio, who, again, using the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dike, trying to plug all these personnel holes and make his defense work and contend against a Goliath like the Chiefs with so many different backups at key positions. All the credit in the world for that. But that all it takes, Zach, to undo all that and to unravel it and take the luster off of that achievement, you know, in, in, in a defeat, uh, albeit, is two bad decisions in what turned out to be critical moments. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Zach, real quick here. David uh, wants to know, Drew Locke is not very accurate on deep passes. Why don't we just dink and dunk down the field? We have a few shifty guys. Zach, everyone, you know, they think Patrick Mahomes, for example. You see all the highlights, right? On on Sunday night after the game, you're, you're watching ESPN or NFL Network, or you're on YouTube, and you see the cut-ups of all the big plays, the highlights. And it's always Mahomes over the top deep, you know, Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins or Travis Kelsey. But if you actually chart that offense, Patrick Mahomes is arguably one of the greatest game managers. Yes. Dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, dunk. And then when he gets outside the pocket, boom, it is over the top and it is a touchdown. That's something that Drew Locke needs to learn how to do. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes' instinct and just feel for it. And, you know, he's the unicorn. You can't try and compare what you have in Drew Locke to the unicorn that is Patrick Mahomes. But nevertheless, Drew Locke, when he gets outside the pocket, he typically tries to do the same thing, go deep. But the problem is, I mean, when the play breaks down, right? Not necessarily a design boot or something. When the play's breaking down, he has to bust loose. That's when Mahomes goes for the throat, and more often than not, he comes out on top. In Drew Locke's case, he has that same instinct, but the problem is his read, his accuracy, and the whole shebang is not on point on the same level of Patrick Mahomes. And often it comes, Zach, the reason it becomes such a head-scratcher, like the pick he threw, the first pick he threw, where he threw it directly to the DB trying to get it to Troy Fumagalli on a broken play, he had Nick Vanette wide open underneath. Going like this. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't take what the defense gives him, and he keeps missing that. And Fangio remained adamant today. He's like, look, one of the things you – I'll read the quote here in a minute to, to be specific, but Fangio said we did see development from Drew Locke, and that's an article probably that we need to get to. Banjo explains how Drew Locke has shown improvement and development. We'll get to that at some point in, to, in this week's work uh, docket, but Drew Locke does need to get better as a deep passer, and not only from an accuracy perspective, but from a read, um, you know, discerning what the defense, you know, honing that instinct better. It's not been good up to this point. 
great, great, great point you made, Chad. It's something I've noticed watching Kansas City's offense, and you know why they have the big plays. You know why they have the highlights, because they're never in. If you watch a Kansas City game, they're never in a third and 10, second and 11. They are always in third and short, or not even third down sometimes. They are always moving the ball down the field. It's always matriculating, positive momentum in every play. Mahomes isn't taking deep shots on every snap. He's checking down a lot to Travis Kelsey, to a running back, to a receiver. He's working the field entirely, Chad. So I thought this could be epitomized, this question, on the K.J. Hamler drop. It was third down and three in a clutch situation. You're calling a 20-yard play down the field. Why not something high percentage in the middle of the field, a swing pass, a screen pass, a, a quick into a receiver to get the first down and keep the chains moving? My answer to this question in a, in a really roundabout way is coaching. And when you, you put... Drew Locke on the Kansas City offense, I don't think he's as bad as he is with Denver in certain situations. You put Patrick Mahomes in the Broncos offense with Pat Shermer, is he still as explosive? Coaching makes a huge difference, guys, and you saw that in last night's game. No doubt. Tom El Greco, our superstar, one of our many superstars up there north of the 49th parallel, which is the border, right, that separates. I, I was asked that the other day, what is the 49th parallel? The parallel of the earth that separates the United States from Canada. Tom El Greco, appreciate you, my dog. He says, hey, Zach, if you think Locke isn't, as you quoted, a Pro Bowl caliber QB, then why settle for mediocrity? Um, <laughs> mediocrity. Can you clarify? Thanks, Zach. You did say that yesterday, Zach. I, I remember you saying that. He's not He's not a Pro Bowl guy. Maybe you meant he's not that now. I don't know. But, Zach, uh, lose a day. Well, I mean, I'm a huge Locke fan, but is he a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback? A quarterback? I, I I don't think so, based on what I've seen. Could he still be the the franchise guy going forward? Could he still win the job for next year? Sure. And if he does that, takes a step forward, then he could be a Pro Bowl guy. But um, I think um, it's not reactionary or it's not biased to say right now, Chad. Based on what we've seen, Pro Bowl guys don't throw throw two picks against the Chiefs and come up short with, you know, a handful of passing yards. So for now, he has promise, and he still has a ceiling, and he's not as bad as some people make him out to be. But I don't think it's anything wrong to say uh, he's on a Pro Bowl guy, and it's not settling for mediocrity. It's just calling like it is. If the Broncos, and I've been saying this for three years now, they don't need a Pro Bowl quarterback. They don't need an all-pro quarterback. They just need competency. They need consistency. They need above-average quarterback play. With this defense, that's a playoff team. It's as simple as that. You know, my my take on this, and by the way, Marco, uh, we feel you next year. I mean, it was great effort all around. Even Drew Locke, you know, the, he he was a contributor, contributing factor to why this game was close down to the wire. He just also was a contributing factor into why it didn't work out in the Broncos' favor. But we feel you. Better luck next year. We'll see how it goes. But my answer to kind of piggyback off what Zach said is, I think Drew Locke has, in the same way that Derek Carr – and let's face it, Derek Carr, I want to say three Pro Bowls on his resume, and all of them really early. It might have been one, two, year one, year two, year three in the league. Uh, kind of got lucky and guys bowing out, older vets making the Pro Bowl but being in the playoffs, and so he's the next guy up. Ends up in the Pro Bowl, and it's on his resume, and you can't take that away from him. In Drew Locke's case, I can see him uh, to this day, right now, just based on what we've seen, I think he has the potential to be that kind of a guy. Uh, a Derek Carr type of, and this might, right now you might have, you know, there might be um, listeners rolling their eyes going, oh, if Derek Carr is the ceiling on Drew Locke, then we need to move on. But Derek Carr is a very underrated quarterback. He really is. And there's a lot of differences in terms of the, the skill set between those two particular quarterbacks. But nevertheless, in terms of, you know, uh, 
trajectory arc, you know, what you can kind of look at as a short-term ceiling for, for Drew Locke. I think something like that where in, in on his rookie deal within that first three or four years, if the Broncos, you know, can stay healthy and if they can keep the same coaching staff and we'll see what happens with, with Pat Shermer after this year and whatnot, I think he'll end up sticking around, but nevertheless, Drew Locke has the potential if the Broncos do the right things and if he does the right things development wise to be that kind of a guy and then continue to grow. I mean, even Ben Roethlisberger early in his career, you know, he was a lot more fortunate in terms of getting the right coach, you know, being drafted into a situation where he was getting the right coaching and benefiting from an elite defense early on in his career. And just things kind of fell into place for him. But Ben was a quarterback that for a long time the, was a guy when he dropped back to pass or the pocket broke and he had to get outside. You don't know if that's going to be a huge play or a pick. That's how it was for him. Same with Brett Favre when he was young. But over time, these guys kind of develop and they and they figure it out. And, you know, it, it can change over a larger sample size. And I don't think that's outside the realm of the possible. I'm not taking that off the table for Drew Locke up to this point. As it stands today, from what we've seen from Drew, has any of his body of work in 2020 been Pro Bowl caliber? Absolutely not. Not, not even close. That's- but he's still a young guy within his rookie window. And when I say that, I mean, has he played or appeared in 16 games yet as a starting quarterback? He's inching close. He's getting there. Almost, he's two games away, I believe. But he's not quite there yet. So the jury's still out. But I'm not eliminating that as a possibility. Well, the thing about Derek Carr, and I agree with you, he's very underrated and gets a lot of flack for being on the Raiders and being in the West. And you know, Broncos fans naturally hate the guy. But who is the one team that beat the Chiefs this year? And what is the reason why the Raiders, for the most part, are in playoff contention? Their offense and Derek Carr, and John Gruden has done a really good job coaching and maximizing his ability. Derek Carr is never going to be Patrick Mahomes, but the Raiders realize that, and they're hiding his weaknesses, for the most part, and maximizing his strengths. And I saw a comment on the side here that says, put Locke in a Kyle Shanahan offense to see what happens. I, I I venture to guess that Locke would be a lot more consistent, he would take a lot less stupid chances, and he'd put up better numbers with better coaching around him. So, is there still room to grow? Yes. Have we seen flashes? Yes. Have anything indicated this season he could be a pro bowler? I love the guy a lot, but I can't go there yet. Kenneth wants to know, hey, do you think the Jets lost on purpose? No. Who plays man coverage, gets beat, jumping a short route on a Hail Mary situation with no safety coverage over the top? The Jets do. That's, there that's are, what they do. <laughs> now, now, Zach has a, a, a storied and sordid history with the Jets. He might be able to provide some, some additional insight on this. But nevertheless – there is a conspiracy theory going around out there that it was so just bizarre of a call. Just, you know, a rookie defensive coordinator doesn't make that mistake, let alone a guy like Greg Williams, who, yes, he's known for being an aggressive blitzer, but has also been around the NFL block. He's been a head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator for probably freaking half the teams in the league. It's a multi-decade NFL coach. Was that the message? Was that, hey, gang, we want to maintain our number one you know, spot in the draft. We want to land Trevor Lawrence. Do not win this game. I don't know. I tend not to to really believe that type of stuff, but it's definitely a conspiracy theory that, based on the surface, uh, is is alluring, right? Well, they fired him today, so that should end that conspiracy theory. I mean, if they wanted to tank, they wouldn't have fired the guy. I mean, that it seemed like he went kind of rogue with that play call, but it was just stupidity. He literally cannot help himself. He calls zero blitzes uh, like we drink water, Chad. Almost every other down, he's blitzing the, the opposing quarterback. And you know what? It's not in terms of theories or conspiracies or trying to tank. It's just a, a coach got up, got lost in a stupid moment. And I want what I want to say about Fangio is – 
He's been around the block a while too, Chad, but he has to know watching the Chiefs, you can't beat them playing cowardly or settling for field goals. Sometimes in the moment, coaches just get lost in their own minds. I agree. Bronco Batman's good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super chat. He says, 4-0, these next uh, games, love the pod guys, Denver Broncos for life. Hey, you know, it's it's possible. I mean, if you look at the remaining slate, you got the Panthers on the road, home against the Bills, on the road, Chargers, home against the Raiders. Tough. So it's 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 possible, but I think probably the the best case scenario to yeah, well, two and two. I would say three and one is the absolute best case scenario. If you were asking me right now to to make a pick and say well, how do they finish these remaining four, I'm I'm with you, Zach. I'm going two and two. I just think uh, the Broncos, they treated yesterday's game like their Super Bowl against it. They left it all out there. I mean, they they pretty much battled for all 60 minutes, and I think that was the last bit of oomph they had this season. Now the playoffs are a pipe dream, and, and Locke hasn't stepped up to be the guy this season. Um, I don't see three wins left in this team. I think they will beat Carolina this week, and they can beat the Chargers because they have already. They can beat the Raiders, but Buffalo's a tough uh, opponent. The Raiders, are t- they're all tough. I think two and two with with this team and uh, these injury situations, I think that's a decent record to hope for. You end up, if that's the case, with two more wins, you end up as a six and ten club. So you end up regressing by one win, paying based on Vic Fangio's maiden season as head coach. But in the in the face of the absolute epidemic of injuries, you know, again, I think the, the Bronco Brass is, is more inclined to view this as kind of a mulligan year for Coach Fangio. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Zeus in the house. Zeus. MHH Mount Rushmore. If you can look up and make out the face of that mountain through the clouds, the first visage you will see etched in that stone is Zeus McPeak. Love you, buddy. Appreciate your support as always. And uh, we're just happy to have you in the stream, my friend. Yep. Uh, From Facebook, Josh brings up a hot button issue. Please tell me that Brett Rippon isn't up for consideration starting hearing rumors. Zach, we might be somewhat guilty of perpetuating the notion that it's a thing because we wrote an article today. I I did uh, covering what Vic Fangio said on this topic. 
But let me read to you the quote from Vic Fangio today. All right. Hey, these remaining four games, you've got another young quarterback in Brett Rippon, uh, perhaps some potential there. Are you going to give him a shot at any point in these remaining four games? You ready for the quote? No. Boom. <laughs> Done. Conversation over. Yeah, because, you know, they, they get nothing but from playing the guy, Chad. I, I mean, he's a nice number two to have. He's never going to be a, a long-term starter, whereas Locke, the, the, the jury is still out on the guy, and they have four more games where they left to answer the question, is he the guy for 2021 and beyond that? So there's no point in playing any other quarterback except the one you're playing because you have to answer that question. It's the most important part of this season. All right, I'm trying to find this tweet. I don't think he deleted it. Let me see. From uh, Jerry Judy here. Hold on. I saw it. I don't. Maybe he did delete it. So uh, this this super chat here from Base Gase. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. Base Gase is so consistent. Like it's. Yeah. Every single stream. My friend, I don't think you're on Twitter because I've asked you many times, hey, are you on Twitter? Let's connect, blah, blah, blah. But what you should do is send Zach and I an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and let's send you out a T-shirt. Let's, we wanna, it's a small way that we can thank you for your support. Uh, in, it's just been consistent day in, day out. All the shows, all, all seven nights a week, you're supporting the pods. So Reach out to us. We'll just want your T-shirt size and your shipping address. We'll get you a little T-shirt out. He says, did you all see Jerry Judy's deleted tweet? Oh, okay. So it was deleted. Sounded like a slight dig at lock. So let me paraphrase. It said something to the effect of, you know, at least I got my conditioning in, right? That's what he tweeted immediately following last night. Jerry Judy's stat line. Let me let me drop some knowledge on you real quick, and then we will uh, – I'll serve this over to you. Jerry Judy's official stat line from last night, uh, four targets, one catch, five yards, and it came on the Broncos' last drive, a desperate drive. Uh, so your thoughts, Zach? You know what? Maybe this is just the way I'm thinking, but it's not so much a dig at Locke. It's a dig on the coaches for not getting him involved. And, you know, you can look at the injury situations and poor quarterback play, but let me just reference the Cowboys really quickly. They were, they've were they been on four quarterbacks this season. Ben DiNucci is worse than Drew Locke could ever be. And you know what? They still made it a point to get their first-round wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, the football. One catch for five yards when he used a first-round pick, number 15 overall, on one of the perhaps the best receiver in this draft class, is inexcusable. Jerry Judy's been a little ordinary this year, Chad. He's made a, a little couple ripples in his comments and his body language, but this to me is frustration at the entire offensive scheme and operation, not just the quarterback. I think it is mostly just, look, I mean, he's a first-round pick, right? This is a guy who's um, ego, and I don't mean this in any critical way. It's just a fact, is huge, all right? And if he goes an entire game with one catch for five yards, and especially when you're going up against a big measuring stick like the Chiefs and the juggernaut Star Wars numbers that they produce, you know, you're going to feel a little slight, uh, a little bit slighted. You're going to feel like, you know, you let people down. And so when he says, hey, at least I got my cardio in, I think that's partly frustration of him genuinely being frustrated that he wasn't able to be more involved in that game and, and connect Locke did look his way four times. In fact, if we were to gauge his involvement based on targets, he would be tied for the third most targets in the offense yesterday with Tim Patrick, four targets, Fant led the way with seven and then Hamler second with five targets in the passing game. I don't read too much into this. People want to go, Oh, this is his, you know, a passive aggressive shot at drew. 
I really don't see it that way. He did delete it, um, which does kind of hint at perhaps, you know, it's like a Freudian hint that he did mean something slightly malicious in it. But honestly, I think it's more the product of a a proud, uh, prideful, I should say, rookie first round pick, still relatively immature. He just needs to learn that sometimes in the NFL, you you know, you're you're not going to be the man in a given game and you got to take your lumps and look at the the film to figure out perhaps what you did or didn't do to only end up with one catch for five yards. And yeah, Jerry, I did cover that article with Rippon. So you guys go read that when you get some time. I also think Judy has a good agent in his ear saying, listen, delete that. You don't want that associated with you. You don't want fans to call back on that. And I made this point in September when these Jerry Judy questions were popping up with his drops and you just hit on it. He was so used to being the man in college. He was a big fish in a small pond and now he's a little tadpole in a huge ocean. So he's not the guy anymore. He's not getting any looks. And and he looks around the NFL too, Chad, compared to Henry Ruggs, made a game-winning touchdown yesterday. CeeDee Lamb's having a good season. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in this draft class, over a 1,000 yards already. And what is Judy? He's playing for a losing team with an inconsistent quarterback. He's getting no national headlines, no national press. He went from Alabama to Denver, and it's like he's forgotten about. So in that sense, from a human level, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean – was it ill-advised? Yes. Do you blame him for feeling that way? No. no. Mike Evans, another just absolute stud and consistent superstar who has contributed in big, big ways to MHH and just where we are at this point, our success as a as a channel, as a podcast on YouTube. Mike, you, you've played a big role in that. We love you and we, we appreciate you. And you know, we'll get you on the show here in the near future. As soon as the hustle and bustle of this season dies down a little and we're not so slave to the, you know, to the grind in terms of the news cycle, we definitely want to be able to bring you back on. We look forward to that. Yes. Based on performance to date, what letter grade would you give Drew Locke? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Zach, I'll, I'll start this one off and I'll say so far, and this is going to include last year and this year. Oh, I was going to so ask just, that. Overall body of work, I'm just going to paint with as broad a stroke as possible. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll agree with Steve Baumgartner. I'll give him a C plus, which is a barely passing grade. It's just slightly above passing grade, you know, slightly above average. Guys, I am not beelining it for the cliff. I'm not beelining it for the panic button on lock. Is it what we hoped and expected he'd be in year two, sitting here now, you know, heading into week 14? Absolutely not. But again, with the with the full scope of, you know, early on this year, Zach, I took some flack because I said, you know, look, show me the young quarterbacks that are just lighting it, going straight from the draft and lighting it up uh, out, you know, take the unicorns out of the equation like the Mahomeses and even the Lamars. Who else is doing that? And guys are like, well, what about Kyler? And look at what Joe Burrow's doing. Look at what Justin Herbert's doing. Coaching. Well, guess what you've seen in the interim? You've seen that peak and then you've seen that valley. And Drew has had those peaks and valleys, maybe not quite as high of peaks as some of these other guys that you know he gets compared to. But nevertheless, it's par for the course. I expect Drew to have the ups and downs. I expect there to be inconsistencies. Do I want it to be better? Yes. I'm like John Elway uh, talking to Broncos TV every Tuesday. I want to see more consistency. But a C-plus, you know, I submit at this point, Zach, in the wake of all the injuries, in the wake of just a bizarre offseason and all the losses of reps and all that stuff, I submit that a C plus from Drew at this point isn't the worst thing in the world in terms of, you know, if you're looking at uh, holes in the boat or, you know, bad, you know, bad uh, results, it's not the worst thing. 
It's just for me comparing Locke the 2019 quarterback versus Locke the 2020 quarterback. It's like apples and hand grenades. It's two different guys, Chad. Two different coaches, two different schemes. I thought last year uh, he was a B minus. He went four and one. Scangarello was really looking back on it in hindsight, doing a lot of magic with Drew Locke, calling plays that maximize for the most part his skill sets and his strengths and hiding his weaknesses. There's a reason why. Again, I know the film wasn't out. He went four and one coming off cold off the bench. Last year, B minus. This year. Oh man, if there was something between D plus and C minus, I'd probably give him that. He's just been a little too inconsistent. And I understand I'm not faulting him for the inaccuracy or not seeing certain one or not going through his reads. The hero ball moments are what lose me because you're literally going like this. Here, take it. I don't want it. You guys can have the ball. We don't want to win this game. You can't do that, especially when playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You have to play your best game, like you mentioned, Chad, on your P's and Q's 100% of the time, 60 minutes every second. That's what loses me this season. But I don't also don't fault him 100% because it's on his coaches to coach that out of him. He should never be out there making the same mistakes now going into week 14 as he was making in week one and in week whatever last year. So... It's hard for me to judge or grade lock with this set of coaches, with this set of circumstances. I think this year, hmm, last year, B minus this year, I'll say C minus for a lock. So not too terrible. I think that's fair. I really do. Um, you know, it's really interesting you bring up the the different coaches and how much that affects the developmental curve of a young quarterback. A last year, one of the things we consistently heard both from lock once he became the starter and offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello, which we got to talk to him once a week, just like we get to talk to Pat once a week, was the fact that the emphasis was, hey, it's okay when you're a young quarterback. I mean, we don't. it's not ideal. We don't love it. But it's okay if you make a mistake. The key is not repeating it. Locke did a phenomenal job last year of when he would make that mistake, not repeating it. This year, throw that out the window. It's the right. same mistake over and over and over again. And that is one thing that you can – clearly and I mean without any question connect to coaching that's a coaching flaw deficiency uh, just in comparison from the Scangarello McCartney duo to the Shermer and Shula duo and it's very disappointing Zach because the the duo currently coaching him brings a much more significant wealth of NFL experience to the table than Skangs and TC Mr. Boggins jumping in one of our superstars, and also a guy that is very helpful to MHH on Facebook with our Facebook, uh, our what is it called, the MHH Denver Broncos Super Fan Group that's connected to our page. Boggins is a, is a moderator there, and he does a good job uh, trying to, especially after games like yesterday where motions ran high, we're leading at halftime, and then they dipped down in disappointment, <laughs> trying to uh, keep that going. So uh, he, Mr. Boggins says, what heights will Elway go? To find his franchise quarterback with a stacked quarterback division, a high ceiling roster uh, percentage, a uh, high ceiling roster percentage, his hot seat getting hotter, 2021, 2022, or bust. I, dude, right now, Boggins, if you're asking me, my gut tells me the Broncos stay committed to luck through 2021, and then they'll let the chips fall from there. Because at that point, Elway has a big decision to make. Perhaps there will be a turnover finally on the ownership front in terms of maybe Elway has zero control over whether or not he sticks because a new owner comes in and wants to just bring in his own guys and kind of do a full-on reset. We'll see. But in the interim, I think Elway's ideal is, hey, I'm under contract through 2021. 
Uh, Drew is still the guy for that. Maybe they bring in better options to kind of push slash mentor him, you know, bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick if you can, uh, pay him enough money. You'd have to pay him enough to come sit on his butt. But nevertheless, something like that, I think I think Locke, I think Elway at this stage, Zach, is, is committed to knowing his own curve as a quarterback, and it took him some time to turn the corner, sticking one more year with Locke. But in fairness, Zach, I don't think the Broncos – if Locke doesn't show anything next year, let's say Elway wasn't uh, entering a contract year in 2021 and he was under contract for five more years. Let's say he had an open-ended ticket in that sense for now. I think the Broncos would be remiss to say, look, we're giving him to go beyond 20 and 2021. That's it. If he can't prove within that, that window of time that he can master this and really be the guy, then you do have to move on and look for something else. But this was such a, a an outlier season that, it just frankly puts the Broncos in a really tough situation in terms of really trying to discern whether or not they're making the right decision because, you know, the the entire sample size is so marred by all these weird outlying mitigating factors. Your penultimate point there is something I wanted to say that I don't see Elway being on the hot seat next year because his contract expires. If the Broncos have another down year, he can walk away and retire. He's not going to get fired. Or if they if they win – a good season next year, they go back to the playoffs, let's say, next year. He can either get a new contract or retire. So his seat's not hot at all. He actually has all the leverage right now. He's signed through next season. He can pick and choose what quarterback he wants to play, and he knows that they can probably fire Fangio after next season, and it wouldn't even be on him even if he does not get re-signed or does retire. So whether Law can be the guy, I don't think they're deciding on that yet, Chad. I don't think they're looking just at because they still have four more games left of Drew Locke. And I know you guys are ready to jump ship and ready to write him off and turn the page to next year. The Broncos aren't doing that, though. It's not how the scouting community works in the NFL. It's not how the process works. Four more games, then they start looking at quarterbacks through the draft. It's not going to be a veteran. No Matt Stafford's, no Matt Ryan's, no Sam Darnold's, no Carson Wentz's. It's Locke or a young quarterback, meaning a rookie, next season. Isaiah, 1127, jumping in on Super Chat. Really appreciate you, my friend. Another guy that's kind of really become a consistent superstar, and it just means a lot to us, my friend. He says, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson cannot cover tight ends. We have to upgrade this position in the offseason with the tight ends in the AFC West. Thoughts? Hashtag MHH fam. Yeah. And by the way, John, um, the question I was going to grab was similar to that. So forget what I just DM'd you. Uh, after Isaiah, whoever's up next, throw him on there. But let me just point this out, Isaiah. And Zach, as I serve this over to you, we've been pointing out for a long time that that's just been a constant thorn in the Broncos' side. They chose to kind of ignore uh, – is ignore the right word? Yeah, I'll say ignore. Yeah. Yes. The off-ball linebacker position in the offseason – by way of free agency and the draft, you can't really count Mark Barron. That was a oh crap, cover our butt situation. Ignore, I don't know. You brought they drafted Justin Sternod this year and he got injured, but nevertheless, they didn't prioritize it. Let's let's put it that way. They didn't prioritize it. They didn't completely ignore it, but they didn't prioritize it. However, if you're looking at the AFC West, let's just look at the Chiefs for example. What defense in the league can take away Travis Kelsey? Name the defense. None. So if you're going off of that, look, my message there is the best you can hope to do against guys like that and guys like Waller, I'm trying to think, Hunter Henry, he's okay. He's a, he's To me, he's a middle-of-the-road uh, NFL tight end. He's not a Waller. He's, not, he's definitely not a Kelsey. But the best you can do against those guys, Zach, is limit them. 
So I guess the question is, how do you do that? You do need to upgrade your your linebacker talent in terms of you need to just bring more athleticism to that position. Like Josie Jewell and Johnson, solid NFL caliber two down. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Thumpers. But that has been the story on the Broncos off-ball linebacker position now since Danny T uh, departed in free agency after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with the premise of what you're making, but there's a difference between limiting him and letting him go off for a game-high 135 yards, whatever he had in a touchdown. He was the leading receiver in yesterday's game. That's including Broncos receivers and Chiefs receivers, including Tyreek Hill. And, Chad, it's every single tight end the Broncos face, not just the Kelseys and the Darren Wallers. It's literally every tight end. And you're right on the money. They ha- they've ignored a dynamic inside linebacker. And someone uh, shot back at you about Sternod. He was a late-round draft pick. He was a flyer. He wasn't a first- or second-round blue-chip guy. They have to invest in that position. They weren't getting by with Todd Davis. They cut him. Uh, Josie Jewell is, like you said, great in run support. AJ is good in run support, not that great in coverage. Until they get that three-down Patrick Willis or Navarro Bowman, they're going to keep struggling. Or Luke Keekley. They have to get that guy in the building. I got a question on Twitter today. The Broncos right now are slated to pick number 10 overall in the draft. And I was asked, what positions should they target? Quarterback, offensive line, defensive back, but inside linebacker has to be on that list. They cannot keep ignoring it in today's NFL, which is a passing league. Well said. Lawrence Rivera jumping in. It's good to see you, my friend. This is a cat that has uh, increasingly become a big-time supporter of MHH, and it just means a lot to us, my friend. He says, we have the best receiver core we've had in years. How long till Vic realizes this is a sport and let players compete for quarterback? So do you really think, well, I don't know. I was just going to say, do you really think anyone that's currently on the roster could truly beat Locke in an open competition? And as soon as I it came out my mouth, I thought, you know, I know the coaches really love what Brett Rippon – it's kind of like that, that semi-quasi – um, that quandary the Broncos found themselves in 2016 and 2017, where, you know, they knew Trevor Simeon wasn't it, but the brain component, and that's what the coaches gravitated toward his command and his intellectual 
wherewithal as a quarterback. He could take the coaching and immediately apply it. He could take the scheme and the playbook and all this stuff and and assimilate it so much faster, reading the defense, better at it. But the athletic juice in com- in comparison to Paxton Lynch, as, as much of a bumbling giraffe as he was, was a drop in the bucket, right? <laughs> Simeon, not even close to the athlete that Paxton Lynch was. In the case of Rip and V. Locke, you know, I don't th- – Personally, I'd be surprised if they're really that far apart in terms of football IQ. But from an athletic perspective, Rippon doesn't even come close to Drew Luck. So I guess I'm curious to know, Lawrence, what you mean. Like, do you do you mean letting the current crop that's on the roster now openly compete with four games to go, or are you talking in a in a macro sense, looking at you know 2021, bringing in a quarterback in the draft, another veteran, just letting the chips fall? I'm not sure what what you mean there, my friend. <laughs> if Paxton Lynch was a bumbling giraffe, what's Joe Flacco? A geriatric giraffe? Like, <laughs> a corpse? What would that be? No, but the thing with Locke is they're not evaluating any other quarterback on this roster, including Rippon, including Bortles, including Jeff Driscoll, to be the face of the franchise going forward. That was always lock or bust for this season. So it makes no sense right now on December 7th to open up a quarterback competition when the playoffs aren't in the, aren't in the picture, you have nothing to lose, and the sole intent of the rest of this season is to evaluate the young players you have on your roster, starting with Drew Locke. It's the number one objective. Stu Meat jumping in. He loves the super stickers because he gets the he gets the little emoji gif uh, going there. Appreciate you, my friend. That very generous of you, and it it all adds up and Look, it means a lot. It's Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> we bought a zoo. That's why I'm, now all of a sudden I'm thinking of you. Just you're the man. Appreciate you, Doug. Surprising not dabbing. Uh, Goldie Dom. Now, this is a name I do not recognize, so welcome and thank you for the support, my friend. Uh, he says, Goldie Dom, I think Drew Locke could be really good. Only problem is this team is super young. So much potential. Huge fan, by the way. First super chat. Appreciate me. you. Awesome. Really, really appreciate you, my dog. You know, I agree that Drew Locke could be really good. I, I've been saying that since before the Broncos drafted him, that I see franchise caliber tools in this guy and what he brought to the team by way of a spark and the swagger and the emotional juice down the stretch last year. All that stuff, man, it's there. But it, they just haven't been able to extract it into a consistent product yet. That doesn't mean they can't. doesn't mean it's off the table as a possibility, but it is frustrating that they haven't been able to do that yet. And, yes, you're right, exacerbating the issue offensively is that you know, really, yes, they're young across the board, but when you're young at quarterback, it kind of makes you young as an offense because everyone else lives and dies by that inexperience under center. Chad, you nailed that 100%. Uh, he, it's indisputable to say that Locke has potential. Locke has a ceiling. Locke has upside. But I ask you guys right now the same non-rhetorical question I asked you guys when the hire was made. Is Pat Shermer the guy to bring out that potential? Is Pat Shermer the guy to maximize Locke's skill set? And based on what we've seen this season, it is a resounding no. What I was worried about in January, Chad, has come to light in December. That's why I'm saying you can fault Locke all you want. The interceptions are no good. He hasn't developed. He's not progressing. He's regressing. But I'm still holding true to my belief. You put him in a better coach system. Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur, he's a much different quarterback. Tom El Greco again. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, Kelsey, so slow, always open. Where are the safeties? Simmons and Jackson, it drives me crazy. Thanks, guys. 
Yeah, I mean, look, Simmons hasn't been quite as good in coverage this year as he was last year, and Jackson has definitely taken a few steps backward as a coverage guy, and that's mostly due to the teeth getting long, right, the the gray beard. Father time uh, takes its toll. But I wouldn't say Kelsey is so slow. Kelsey has probably above average NFL speed for a tight end. What makes him so good is he's an athlete and he's freaking smart, dude. And when that ball comes his way, it doesn't hit the ground. I mean, if it's within the realm of possibly catching it, the dude is catching it. He's just a talent, you know. He's he's. We, I hate saying it because he's a Kansas City Chief and all that, but he's you know he's the he's top one, two tight end in the league. Gronk that that used to be Gronk. Now it's him uh, and the cat. I just brain farted his name in San Francisco. What's Kittle? Yeah, thank you, George Kittle. So um, give the man his credit, but. Yeah, Simmons and Jackson. Listen, Fangio loves running the zone scheme and and you know different uh, zone coverages, I should say, and and different moving the safeties around quite a bit. And he just hasn't had a solid answer yet for covering the tight ends this year. What's ironic, Zach, is he actually did Fangio a better job accounting for the safeties in his first year than he mm-hmm. has this year. You know, the reason he's always open, though, what's that? It's it's excellent coaching. It's excellent game planning. It's excellent play calling. And he's not slow. He's not a burner for a tight end, but he's not slow. I mean, you don't lead the game in receiving yards by being slow. He is, for my money, the best tight end in football. And it's unfortunate he plays in the AFC West. We all know about Kareem Jackson. I think it's popular sentiment, Chad, that he's not that good in coverage. And actually, he's looked really bad this year. But I'm going to say something kind of unpopular. Simmons isn't that great in coverage either. I mean, he's way later sometimes than he should be for a guy who wants to be paid like a top two, maybe even the top eight safety in the NFL. He's a top eight guy, but based on the way he's been in coverage this year, would I say top three? No. Muhammad, there he is, the MHH male model. Appreciate you, my friend, and the support goes a long way, and we just we we love you, my friend. He's number one fan. <laughs> We're your number one fan, dude, so thank yes. you for thank your you, support. As always, all right, let me see what else we've got here. We're approaching the one-hour mark. Uh, the queen jumping in. She's going to get her two cents in while also supporting what we're doing here with the content. Appreciate you, Christy. And she's right. She is right. Better coaching equals a better luck. I wish it were um, a more convenient answer because this is super inconvenient that you fired the guy that actually did what no one, very few guys, very few people in the NFL thought could be done. And that is take Drew Locke in raw form as a as a rookie quarterback, the guy that we saw in the third preseason game last summer, who was very skittish, uh, very wide eyed, and when he f- hit the field again in week thirteen after a gnarly injury, he looked he, he just took a quantum leap, and that was a credit to Skanks. So whatever you want to take away from from Skanks as a as a play caller, and you know he was definitely kind of finding his way as a first year coordinator. He made up for it in terms of his development in his, you know, Jedi Master acumen, whatever you want to call it, right? And and you know, the, it was a bad decision in retrospect. But they didn't have a crystal ball. They didn't know that they were going. I still, I'm always going to wonder, even if even if Pat Shermer gets fired after this year, which I don't think is going to happen. But if he does, Zach, I'm always going to wonder what could have been in 2020 if Shermer gets all of OTAs with Locke, all of the preseason, and it's a traditional you know, NFL calendar. But that's another reason why you can at least be hopeful if the Broncos do hold on to Shermer, 
that next year can be better for him and Locke kind of getting on the same page because they will get all those reps. I'm going to wonder what 2020 could have been with Scangarello as coordinator and T.C. McCartney as quarterbacks coach, continuing that from last year. Um, let me make it simple for you guys. There's some quarterbacks out there that transcend coaching. They're kind of coach-proof. That's Patrick Mahomes and, I guess, to an extent, Aaron Rodgers. And there's quarterbacks out there that have to be coached up. Guys like Jared Goff, for example. You take Goff out of a McVay scheme, he is terrible. He is worse than Drew Locke. But you have to have the coaching to kind of maximize that along. Just like with David uh, Derek Carr, Chad. I always do that. I always mix them yeah, up. Just like, with, just like with Carr in Vegas. It, Gruden, say what you want about him, but he's done a good job maximizing Carr's skill sets and hiding his weaknesses. And that's what Locke needed. So um, he's the type. We mentioned it yesterday. He needs to get the interception out of the way, uh, the bad – Juju out of the way early, and he's a better quarterback. But he has to have the coaching to build him up, Chad. He's just that type of guy, and they don't have that on this coaching staff. Mr. Castillo jumping in, another guy that anytime we see him in the stream, he's supporting what we're doing, and we really appreciate you, my friend. He says, coaching sets up the routes with the underneath routes. Locke decides which to throw, uh, throw to. Also, Shanahan has shown in two Super Bowls that he can't make the call. Yeah, Shanahan has shown in two Super Bowls that he can't protect a lead. That's the problem. But in his defense, he didn't have complete control in the first one because he was just the coordinator. Um, you know, he couldn't control, for example, the fact that Dan Quinn's uh, defense completely just laid down in, this, in the second half for Tom Brady. But, yeah, I mean, Shanahan, that that's – I think the jury, to be frank with you, is still out on Kyle Shanahan as a head coach in this league. We'll see. I think the the I think he's going to end up rebounding. He and the Broncos are the two teams this year that were the the most devastated because of the pandemic and how it affected injuries. But yeah, coaching it does it affects the routes. There's there's no getting around. It. And and Shanahan's just one of the most creative minds w- with that. I would love to see Drew Locke in a in a Kyle Shanahan right. scheme. That, I mean, that would be phenomenal. I was going to say, I mean, you can knock Shanahan, his Super Bowl, and his play calls. We're talking about Kyle here, right? Not Mike. I would do really questionable, if not illegal, things to get Kyle Shanahan on the Broncos coaching staff. And if they would have just hired him, Chad, I know it's revisionist history, but he is the key. Coaching is the key to maximizing Locke or any quarterback. I still say this. You, we can't prove it or disprove it. You put Locke in a Shanahan system, it's night and day difference immediately. All right, guys, we are at the one-hour mark, so we got to blast through our superstars that are remaining rapid-fire style here, Zach. Justin Ansel, a guy that has been with us a long time. He's, he, we don't see him in every single stream, but when he's here, he makes his presence felt. We appreciate you, yes, Justin. You. He says, what's up, guys? The one big thing I can take away from last night, why punt on fourth and third when KC will get the ball That's back regardless? Why does that happen? Frustrating, but that was a game of hope. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have spent some time on that topic. We feel your your pain and frustration there, Justin. Just hang in there, my dog. Uh, Stir King, 31. Been a minute since we've wow. seen Stir King. And uh, we appreciate that generosity, my friend. He says 55.4% completion, worst in the league. Can you honestly say Brett would not have done better? Why would Rippon not get a chance to prove he can be the guy? Nobody thought Brady was better than Bledsoe's arm talent. That's a fair point, but that's another unicorn comparison. You know, uh, Brett Rippon, guys, what are you talking about? He threw two touchdowns to three picks against the Jets. The Jets. You're vaulting this cat? Now, look, I understand the pickings seem like they're slim right now, Zach, right, with how 
Drew Locke has not has not kicked it into a, a high gear and you know kind of turned the corner. But this is I wouldn't even call it recency bias. This is a backup quarterback is the most popular guy in town type of bias. Look, it's not that Rippon's not good. It's not that he doesn't have NFL utility, but this guy is not an athlete at the position. He's not a guy that's going to, I don't know, carry you forward. He's, you're, if, if he comes in there, let me tell you what you'd see. You would see in the first and second quarter a more modestly um, efficient offense. But in the second half, decimated, absolutely just bludgeoned by NFL defenses after they get a few looks at him and kind of see what he likes. He doesn't have the athleticism. He's a guy you want in a pinch. He's your de- he's your you know emergency guy. He's your backup. That's what he is. He's Trevor Simeon with maybe a slightly better arm. You know what this is, Chad? It's no disrespect to the question, but it's LDS, Lock Derangement Syndrome. We, <laughs> we're literally comparing Brett Rippon to Tom Brady now. Is that how much we all hate Drew Locke out there? Is that is it really that bad? And I'm with you. What did Rippon do that was so overwhelmingly amazing in that Jets game? They beat the Jets. If you watch yesterday's game, it should prove they are a joke franchise. That win shouldn't even count. Yes, a win is a win, but it's, it should not make Rippon uh, get credit, you know, toward a starting job or, or put him ahead of lock on the depth chart. He is not going to be the number one. He was not drafted, obviously, for that reason. He, he's a, a low-level backup to have, like you said, Chad, in the mold of a Trevor Simeon. You have to answer whether Locke can be the guy. There's no other quarterback that question applies to on the Broncos roster except for Locke. Now, if Drew went down and was a loss for the season – I would be saying give as many, if not all, the reps to Rippon as you can because, you know, there is the outside chance that he could be that Tom Brady. But even compared to Tom Brady, who you want to talk about a giraffe, turn on the recording of him running the 40 at the combine, dude, as, as, a, as a rookie entering the league. But he did have – he does have an above average, slightly above average NFL arm, especially in his prime. And he is the alpha to end all alphas when it comes to the quarterback position. and. You know, I've spoken, I've been in the presence of Brett Rippon. He's a quiet cat, dude. He's very reserved, quiet, quiet confidence. There's a confidence there. Don't get me wrong, but he's not that. All right. A discount audio and wheels. Our friend Tony jumping in with a generous super. Love you, my friend. Good to see you. He says they should publicly say Rippon always has a shot. Maybe that makes Locke look over his shoulder a bit and play better. If you're worried, Locke can't handle that. Then he definitely isn't your guy. Make Locke compete and fight for uh, 21. You know, that's a fair point in terms of some old school Bill Parcells head coach quarterback psychology. Zach, what say you? I don't subscribe to it. Not in today's NFL. I'm not saying you have to coddle your quarterback, but having that level of fear, instilling that level of uncertainty or tentativeness is not the way to go about building a locker room or building an offense. You have to separate the guy from the rest. It's the same reason why. The drawn-out quarterback competitions that the fan made such a big deal out of with Team Trevor and Team Paxton, all it was doing was hurting the Broncos. You need to that full-time guy, the quarterback one in your room, needs to get the full number of reps with the rest of the first stringers. It makes no sense having Fangio say, "Well, Drew, you might be play better, or else you're going to get benched." It's not how you build a quarterback. It's actually the opposite. You can't neg him to death. He wouldn't respond to that any better than giving him no leash at all. So. I just think you have to roll with the punches. This is what 
the NFL is with a young quarterback, especially one that you don't win with right away. It's a process. It's up and down. It's a roller coaster, and the Broncos just have to stay on that ride for four more weeks. Cody jumping in. Thank you, Cody Potter. It's good to see you, my friend. Consistent as well. We love you. Appreciate you. He says they need veteran presence on the offensive leadership, and they might do that. They might bring in a vet to kind of help mentor and kind of steward lock forward. We'll see. Shout out to uh, RIPTG, who is, uh, from my understanding, if I remember this right, John, correct me if I'm wrong in the DM here, uh, related to one of our uh, Hall of Fame superstars, TG, who, to our understanding, we've never had perfect clarity on this, is no longer with us. But nevertheless, RIPTG, appreciate you, my friend. And we mostly, I I share the the spirit of what you're saying there. Uh, Also, I want to shout out real quick, because we're about to get out of here, Albert Knoppers, who's just longtime MHH supporter. He's an official Facebook supporter of MHH, and he jumps on a super chat sometimes just to show support. It's good to see you, my friend. Uh, here's Jason Christopher. Yes. Hey, Shelby, guys. Appreciate the super. He says, Shelby Harris gets an A-plus grade for the season for me. Hashtag pay Shelby. Yeah, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. It's just a shame and a tragedy that he had to miss four games uh, because he was just he, – he showed it again yesterday. Conditioning gone – and yet he steps onto the field, affects the game in a big, bad way. And then, Stu, appreciate that. Um, aloha to you as well. I've never seen anyone, I mentioned this last night, anyone better, including J.J. Watt, bat passes down, especially in clutch situations, than Shelby Harris. Hashtag pay Shelby. Muhammad jumping in, our male model, jumping in to say, uh, I love you guys. Please stay great. Hashtag CEO, hashtag dragon, hashtag beast. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you, Muhammad. Goes a long way, the support. Trust us when we say that. And then Cody, and I think we're out of here for – no, we got one from David jumping in, I see. Cody says, appreciate you, Cody. With Elway and Lynch being good friends, talking about John Lynch, GM, Niners, uh, can you see a lock trade in the wind if we finish high enough for a new QB? I don't think so, uh, but you never know. I wouldn't – I mean, (laughs) stranger things have happened. Again, he's a perfect fit, is lock, for the Kyle Shanahan scheme. He, I would – I mean, they would be gangbusters in my opinion. But – I don't think the Broncos are there yet. I don't think they're off on him. And I don't even necessarily know that the Niners have any love or like Locke in particular. Maybe, though, I mean, if Elway was of a mind to put Locke on the block and dangle him, maybe they would take a sniff and and nibble at that possibility, the Niners and, and John Lynch. Well, let me just, I just pulled it up. He's under contract next year in 2021 for $1.057 million. That is couch change to an NFL franchise. It makes, it's actually more useful to keep him than get rid of him. If anything, he can make a good number two next year. And at best, he can compete for a starting job. If you don't draft a guy in the top 10 or draft a, or sell the farm for a quarterback, it makes no sense moving on because you still haven't harnessed with a better coaching staff what Locke can do. And he's so cheap, Chad, and under contract. Just keep him around. You never know what can happen. David Kilgore, one of our favorite superstar profile picks on YouTube and special guy in our heart here at Mile High Huddle. Thank you, David. He says, why can't we see Blake Bortles? He was an NFL starter and had that experience. Was, for a reason. (laughs) Yes, because it doesn't move the needle forward. The season's lost, David. So at this point, it's, again, using these reps to try and set you up for a better future. Bortles doesn't do that. And maybe you end up not liking what you see from Locke and after this season make a a decision to move on at the quarterback position. But these four games provided you that – body of work to complete that evaluation and move on. So Bortles wouldn't move that needle forward in any way, shape or form. Now, if you said 
maybe I maybe you're of the opinion Bortles gives you a better chance to go in and beat the Panthers than Drew Locke. I I don't know where you're seeing that. Bortles had one solid year, one, and he was dragged by you know hook and crook by that defense in Jacksonville. So he's I mean he's replacement. He's not even replacement level backup. Like he's bottom of the barrel backup. A guy that wasn't even on a roster when Drew Locke went down in week two. That's Blake Bortles. He's not a replacement level. He's the backup that gets replaced. And the thing with Bortles, take away 2017. Did you guys watch him in Jacksonville? Okay. Now, now expect to watch him. Imagine watching him with a Pat Shermer called offense. Cue the Benny Hill theme music, Chad. Indeed. Love you, David. Seriously. Really appreciate you, my friend. And we appreciate each and every one of you for spending some time with us here tonight. We really have just a unique uh, love and appreciation for the Super Chat superstars that and, the, and our Facebook supporters and those of you who uh, generously give us stars on Facebook because it allows us the means, okay, to continue to prioritize this content for you religiously. Every day, 6 p.m. to 7, you're getting a live stream podcast. You're getting an hour plus of our time, not just sitting here talking to you, but the time we spend planning what we're going to talk about on the show, you know, buying the gear that it takes to do these podcasts and the lights and the mics and all the different things that go into this stuff behind the scenes. You guys provide us the means to do that, to budget that time. And, you know, maybe we'd be writing articles instead. You know, and that's and that's just something that we have to thank you for. It's it just means the world to us. That yeah, I mean, I can't say it better than that. I mean, we say this at least a couple times a week, and every single time, it's more uh, genuine than the last. We have so much appreciation and gratitude for every single viewer, every single comment, every single penny, every single second you guys spend with us. Uh, we cannot say we appreciate it any more than we do. It's purely heartfelt, guys. Thank you. Last thing here, huddle up pod on Twitter. Also, you want to follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You want to follow Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen, and then also our producer, John Cronenberg on Twitter at John K M H H. Oh, wait, John's giving me a okay. We got one more super sticker from Muhammad on the way out the door. Appreciate you, my dog. Very, very generous of you today. So, but thanks, guys. We'll we're off tomorrow. Zach and I, you'll get Nick and Carl and a fresh episode of Building the Broncos, but Zach and I will be back Wednesday night, 6 p.m. out and 8 p.m. Eastern. And there's Muhammad's uh, super sticker. Appreciate (laughs) you, my friend. But, Zach, have a great start to your week, my friend. We'll see how things shake out when we circle back on Wednesday. We'll start taking a look at the Panthers. Yeah, I can't get that pair doing Taekwondo out of my mind. That's pretty uh, pretty (laughs) trippy super sticker. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Chad. I'll see you on Wednesday. And until next time, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden. And the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 